everybody. This is Alan Peterson with Meet the Thriller Author. And for this show, I have Allie K. Adams. And she is going to, uh, we're going to be talking to her about her books and her writing. And uh, Allie, how are you? I am fantastic. I want to thank you so much for coming on to the show. It's uh, much appreciated. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thank you for having me. So uh, before we get going, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, yeah, sure. I am a technical project manager by day, and I am a thriller and suspense author by night. My tagline is, if it doesn't sizzle, it isn't hot enough. And that's also for the spine-tingling thrillers that I write. Um, I currently reside in Montana with my husband and various other wildlife. And uh, the college kids stop by sometimes if they want food, money, anything that, you know, typically goes with that. But for the most part, I'm, I reside out of Montana beautiful right now lots of snow and laundry right <laughs> and laundry yes because they were just here for thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> so it should be good for a couple of months then <laughs> oh yeah yeah no kidding right <laughs> and so um if, how can you describe your books to someone who hasn't read any of your novels well as one of the uh i have usa best-selling author lucy monroe is one of my really good friends and she says one of the taglines that i should be using is if I'm looking for nonstop heart racing action and sizzling romance, look no further. Um, Allie K. Adams will take you there and more. So that's one of the things that I would say with my books is if you always want a happily ever after, but you want a race the entire time for them to get there, these are the books for you. So you're mixing the you're mixing up with a lot of action. I, I read a little bit about your first book, and mm-hmm. it, I mean it's like nonstop action. Uh, yes. the, the first chapter. I mean you you start off right at the gate, off the gate with I, action. I really do, and I try to do that because I think of how I, as a reader, would want to interpret a book. And and same with TV shows. I usually, when I'm writing, I picture the book in my head as if it was a TV show or a movie, and I don't want to be bored right out of the gate. So I have to start with the action. I usually try to start with, oh, you know, a murder is usually a good thing to start with or or something that leads up to a murder. So you just know something sinister is going to happen off page. So I usually try to do something like that to really grab hold of the attention and hold it the entire book. And so now this is a, a like a, a, a different kind of genre within the whole romance because of because of the thriller component of it? Or how does that compare to other uh, romance books? Well, my thrillers are straight thrillers. There is no romance in them. They are, I do have a female um, protagonist and her partner, male, but there's no romance between the two of them. It's more of a brother and sister-ish sort of thing. Doesn't mean that it's not going to happen later books, but think of it more like a, a castle. Um, if you're thinking of TV shows, it's very much like their partners, their partners right now, but there's no romance with them. Um, and, the, and that's with my thriller. My suspense books are romantic suspense, but my... My other books are thrillers, just straight thrillers. And that's like the, the Trex series? The Trex series is a romantic suspense. Oh, okay. And yeah, and that's the one that there's, and it always will have a happily ever after, but those ones do have hot romance. They're open door love scenes, as I like to call them. That's the rated G version. But yeah, they're open door love scenes. So you get to walk right in and see exactly what they're doing. But even in those, there's a lot of uh, thriller type action. So it's like a combination of the two genres. 
It really is. Um, romantic suspense is a very, very hot genre. Um, there's a lot of authors that write in romantic suspense. I don't know why. I, I always have to end up uh, killing somebody, car chases, shooting them, bleeding, something like that. I tried to write straight romance and it just did not work for me. <laughs> I have to kill somebody. So this keeps me out of jail by putting it on a page instead of doing it myself. Yes. Love, love, and, uh, love and bullets. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Maybe that will be my new tagline, love and bullets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, were you a as a reader, were you a fan of thrillers? Oh yeah, absolutely. Those are my favorite. The suspense, and I like to do I like to do fun thrillers and fun suspense. And I know that's almost a, a mox, oxymoron, but I like to do the really fun action, fast action. Think of like the A Team and and um, Italian Job. Those kinds of movies. Mm -hmm. Those are the types of books that my suspense books are. Is the really really fast action, but there's a lot of fun and and. Uh, dialogue and very, very fast back and forth. So that's the kind of stuff I love to watch. Therefore, that's what I like to write. And what's the latest book on your, the, uh, in that series that you have out? Well, the latest one that I have out is called It Takes Two. And that is about uh, uh, basically three friends that uh, parted their ways after high school, got back together 10 years later at their class reunion because the female of the trio now has a price on her head. She's a really big wig. She's a CEO. And so she's got a price on her head. And the boys just happen to be bodyguards now working for the Trex agency. And so they are back to protect her in every sense of the word. What inspired you to write your first book? Well, <laughs> you're going to love this story. Okay. So I was like in, I don't know, 10th grade or something. I was in, I was in high school sometime and I read a book and I absolutely hated the ending. The heroine died at the end. And I felt so cheated because I gave so many hours to reading that book. And then they go and kill off the heroine at the end. I was so upset that a couple of my friends said, well, just rewrite the ending. If you're that mad about it, just go rewrite the ending to something you wanted. So I did. I went and rewrote that ending and I had my friends read it. And they said, oh, well, we like this ending way better. And I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot for the entire thing. So I wrote my first book when I was in high school. But that's really how I got started is because I really hated the ending of that one book. And I, for the life of me, I still can't remember what book that was. But I just remember I hated it. <laughs> And, um, and, but you didn't, so that was just between you, for you and your friends, that wasn't published or anything like that? No, that one wasn't published. Um, then I, I'm, I used to be a uh, reserve deputy in the Washington state and um, a member of the search and rescue. And so, and I was so deeply involved in the logistics of search and rescue that I thought, you know what, I think I'm going to give it a hand on trying to do something contemporary. Because at the time I was writing historicals mm -hmm. and they just weren't working for me. I just wasn't really getting into the books. So I wrote a contemporary that was in um, search and rescue, basically the main part of it. And um, that was the book that I shopped around and no one bought it. <laughs> so then I'm like, well, okay, nobody wanted that. So then I started writing counterterrorism and shopped that book around. Nobody bought it. So I wrote the second book in counterterrorism and shopped that one around. And then a publisher picked it up. So I actually went, it was the third full length book that I wrote. And that one was the one that finally got picked up about five years after I started writing. Oh, oh, and are you a, are you a hybrid? Are you are you strictly uh, 
uh, with the traditionally published? I'm strictly indie now. I was oh. hybrid. Yeah, I was hybrid for a while, but honestly, there was nothing that the publishers could do that I couldn't do myself. Mm -hmm. So I just did it myself because I like having that full 70% royalty. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also see that uh, I was looking at your website. I mean, you have a lot of uh, books out too. The uh, traditionally publisher probably would be trying to throttle you back on that. <laughs> Well, they would. And, you know, the thing is, is um, I kind of genre bounced for a while. And then I really found my true calling in suspense and thrillers because they're so tightly knit on the genre. And so uh, for a while I was bouncing around, but I'm pretty happy in my suspense and thriller genres. And so if you look on my website under the catalog, you see uh, all of the different books that I have. I've had some publishers reach out to me asking if they if I'd be willing to sell them any of my books. And I'm, I'm just not, I'm not shopping for a publisher anymore. That's a nice position to be in. Huh? Oh my gosh. You have no <laughs> idea. Well, you probably do, but I mean, that's the nice thing about it is that you, it, the tables have shifted so much. Five years ago, I was trying to, um, I, I was begging for an agent to pick me up. I was begging for an editor just to look my way and, and going in. And I, I was what we called a pitch whore where every single conference I went to, I would go and sign up for every single agent and editor there was. And so then I would pitch to every single one of them. So that's the, the nickname of pitch whore. So I, um, <laughs> so that's what I did. And I just kept pitching and, and ba it was just the desperation was dripping on my tone. So I was just begging to be picked up. And I'm so grateful that I turned down the offers that I did get because now I'm just I'm in such a better place um, with my career. And you only answer to yourself. <laughs> well, your readers. Exactly. Well, I answer to myself and to my readers. One yeah. thing that my readers did tell me is um, I use the F-bomb a lot in my books. So I'm going to be cleaning that up a little bit because, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like a sailor. <laughs> they didn't like that one, huh? <laughs> well, they, they, tend, they pointed out, like in my book, Rescue Me, which was the first full-length book in the Trek series, that one had 149 F-bombs in 323 pages. So I thought, oh, you know, I might need to tone that back a little bit. So I'm going to be cleaning that up next year. So for anybody listening, trust me, if you get download the book right now and you're turned off by the F-bombs, have no fear. A cleaner version is coming next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you heard you heard them. <laughs> I did. I like how your book starts with that Trek's uh, mission statement. I was looking at one of your uh, your books. Mm -hmm. uh, so, it's, so it's pretty intriguing. So it's like a privately funded agency acts like a CIA type of FBI type of thing. Yes. Yeah. They're basically the the Trek's agency. They find things. That's whether it's they find justice, they find material things, they find a person, they find whatever it is that's been lost. And you'll find throughout the book, they're finding um, bombs in a building. They're finding justice for somebody else. They're finding a murderer. So it can be any number of things that they're looking for and that they will find. But they do the jobs that the government won't do. And so the, you can call on treks for anything and they will find it. Where do you get your ideas for your books? <laughs> because I have a really twisted imagination. I mean, one of them, I got the idea. I was shopping for purses. Yes, I do shop for purses. So I, 
I was shopping for purses one day and somebody said some, I heard overheard a conversation. She puts her hand in a purse and she goes, Oh, there's something in here. And I immediately thought, Oh, it's a finger. <laughs> and then as soon as they do that, the finger's going to come out and then they're going to do the print run on that. And they're going to take a look at the prints and it's going to be some guy that's been counterfeiting and it's in the lining of the purses. And so then that's how I get my ideas is by one person saying something very innocent and off goes my imagination. Is, was that actually, is that actually made into a book? <laughs> I'm trying to remember if that one ever made it into a book or not. But that's just one example that I always remember. The one that I, uh, that I'm just trying to remember which one it was. One of them was, oh, um, I have one called Out of Time. And that one, I actually got the idea. It's LARPing. Now, I don't know if you know what LARP, LARPing is. It's live action role play. Okay, no, I was familiar with that one. Okay, so live action role play is b really big gaming, you know, um, kind of like Dungeons and Dragons. That's that's LARPing, but that's a board game, LARP. You could do full full on LARPing. Um, Renaissance fairs, you know, where people will dress up like it was in the 1200s. Mm -hmm. That's LARPing. They're live action role playing. They are somebody else and they are fully into that character. And I can't remember what I was. I think I was watching an episode of Supernatural because I love that show. And... I was um, thinking, oh, you know what would be really cool is if somebody was killing off LARPers <laughs> and, and then taking their place and trying to get to the next phase. Because you could get into these festivals that you could win hundreds of thousands of dollars in these games. And so I thought, okay, there's going to be somebody killing off these gamers for prize money. But it's part of the game that you die and disappear. I use air quotes. So they can't tell if they're really dead or not. And it was this big mystery that they had to unravel. Um, and that is in one of my books. And I got that just by watching a TV show because I thought, oh, it'd be a lot more fun if we did it this way instead. So when you get one of these ideas, do you like, uh, do you like jot it down or do you like record it on a, on your phone or? No, you know, I really wish I would write them down. I would probably have a lot better <laughs> luck at remembering them if I would write them down. That's the biggest lie I tell myself is, oh, I'll remember that. And I never do. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate when that happens. You get a great idea and you're all excited and then you forget. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's my big thing is, is I've probably come up with hundreds and hundreds of really cool ideas. I forget them. So I've got like 10 <laughs> out of a hundred of very bad odds. <laughs> and uh, who are some of the writers that when you, that you were a fan of that influenced you? Well, there's a couple of different ones. Um, one of my big influences early on was Linda Lael Miller. Um, she's, she was the, one of the reasons why I got started. I met her in New York and I just adored her. She's just a, such a wonderful lady. And, um, but she was one of the very first romance books I'd ever read. And, uh, so that was something that, and I read, I look back at it now and I'm like, it was from the eighties or something. And, you know, the eighties books and the now books are so wildly different, but it was still that, that one sticks with me. And then my big influence now is Tess Gerritsen and Tess Gerritsen for people that don't know, she's the one that created the Rizzoli and Isles series. Um, the books are very different than the TV show, mind you, but, um, and Tess is wonderful too. I met her, oh, like two or three years ago, but I've decided that I want to be Tess Gerritsen if I ever grow up. She <laughs> is so wonderful and just really, really supportive. But she is probably my biggest influence right now is, is Tess Gerritsen. Yeah, she's great. I've read a couple of her books, uh, those Rizzoli and Isles, and yeah, totally different from yeah. the show. <laughs> oh, they really are. And so people that read the book 
are disappointed because they think that the characters are going to be just like they are. The two lead characters are going to be BFFs and they're really not in the books, mm -hmm. but I just, I, she's just the epitome of, of what I really want to be. She started in romance and, and I started in romance. So I see the parallel and I hope that the parallel continues because then she moved over to straight thrillers and that's the direction that I'm heading is straight thrillers or just a touch of romance in the thrillers. Oh, I didn't realize that she wrote uh, romance in the past. Yeah, yeah, she did. She, I think she wrote for Harlequin. So if you look at some oh. of her older books, like Keeper of the Bride is one of her older ones, and some of her older books from like the 80s and maybe early 90s, I think they were Harlequin. Do you work on, on more than one series at one time, or are you just focusing right now on your, on your thrillers? I have to write more than once. I can't, I can't focus enough to just stay in one at a time. What I typically do is I write in an average of three at a time, depending on where my mood is. If I want to be in a dark mood, then I definitely write in my thriller. If I want to be playful, I'll write in my suspense. And if I want to be snarky, and that does happen, I want to be snarky. I will, I have a new adult suspense, um, that and I want to be in that one too, and then I'll do I'll do some snark in that one because you know all of my heroines are very snarky. So even though if you're different genres, though you're still you're still kind of uh, with suspense and yes, yeah, okay. all of them are. I can't get away from that. I really tried. I mean, <laughs> one of my one of my first new adults. It's called grooming the player. It's all about her turning him into the ultimate, you know, playing the field kind of player, and um, I couldn't. I couldn't not end up having somebody in a fire and somebody getting shot at. And no matter how much I try, I can't get away from putting people in danger. So I've stopped fighting it. I just let it go. Have your characters, are they influenced at all by you? Uh, any of your personality traits make it into the, char your, the characters that you write? I think every one of my heroines has something about me. I'm a, I'm a ginger. And so I... Some of them will have red hair. They always have a sense of snarkiness about them. Um, one of them is a technician because I'm a techie. So she, a couple of them are, are ultimate geeks. One of the heroine in, uh, I think it was in um, Seek and Destroy, she was a hacker. Not, I'm not giving anything up on that one. But she was a hacker and wore glasses and was still, all of them are, I don't want to say full figured, but none of them are real skinny. And so they all have curves. So, and there's always something. In, in Rescue Me, my heroine drove a yellow Xterra. And for 10 years, I drove a yellow Xterra. And so there's always something, at least one thing, but definitely more than one in uh, most of the books. The Trek series, the, the, those books usually take place like all over the world or is it in one location? It seems to... It seems to happen mostly in Seattle. And I think that's because I grew up in Seattle. So that's what I'm very familiar with. I have had them happen in Bogota, Colombia. I have had them happen in Tahiti. But the majority of them are in Seattle. I did have one happen in Montana. But uh, again, the majority of them in Seattle because I'm using uh, Seattle as a hu central hub. You've got that the port right there. The cruise ships come in. It is a major international airport. So it really fits nicely for what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And it must be nice when you're writing because you know the area and so yes. cuts down on the research. <laughs> oh, it really does. But the nice thing about it is then I can take trips over to Seattle and write them off. All right. There you go. <laughs> It's a good idea. 
Yes, yes. Yeah, I should write a series where my mom lives, then I can uh, write those trips off. Well, see, there you go. That's what I kept, and I actually did. I wrote one that involved a cruise ship, and so I took a cruise just to make sure I got all the logistics right. <laughs> yeah, I have some family in, in, in Yakima, Seattle, uh, Yakima, Washington. That name just cracks oh, yeah. me up. Oh, Yakima. Well, Yakima's not too far from Walla Walla, and you've got all kinds of weird names up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go on and on about weird names in Washington. <laughs> okay, Ali, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show and for taking time to talk to us about your books and your stories and uh, your writing world. Uh, very much appreciated. You're more than welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. You can visit our site at get.thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast for more information on our podcasts. And you can also subscribe to this podcast uh, on your favorite podcatcher like iTunes, the most popular one, of course. Uh, just search for Meet the Thriller Author and you'll find me there. And I'm also on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash meet thriller author love to hear from you love to hear your comments and your feedbacks on the shows and i'll have a new podcast a new interview with a thriller author uh, i'll be posting them every tuesday so stay tuned for that and don't forget to subscribe and please visit my author website at ellenpeterson.com